0: From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich.
1: What I keep being amazed by, Ryan, is just the resilience, uh, the perseverance, and the innovation of, of Americans, of small business owners. And um, while I think this will be a really, 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 really tough second quarter, I think on the other end of this, we are gonna see um, a step change in small businesses. Small businesses are now adopting the innovation they should have. I I think it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not this is more than just a restart, but rather this is fuel that really starts on the other end of this. Something really exciting for small businesses going forward. This is going to be really interesting to see.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, and on the line we have Bert White and Jeff Bookbinder. Bert, maybe we'll start with you. You haven't been on for a few weeks. We are recording this. On May 4th, and we, we can see each other in the video we're doing, you have a Star Wars shirt on. You a big fan? Uh, I am a big
1: fan. Uh, I've, I've seen them probably more than I, I would like to say I've seen it. Uh, I'm starting to look more like Yoda every day, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Uh, I, do, I do like that one quote where, uh, where, where Luke says, well, I'll try, and then Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's my kids quite often. That's good. Now I know you said you've got a meeting after this, and I'm partially wondering if it's true, or you're just going to watch Star Wars the rest of today. You're, you're my boss. I'm not calling you out. I'm just asking. You know, uh, I think you can do both. You know, there like you I'll have i have my
1: boss uh, on the line and yep. I'm talking about all kinds of you know really important business stuff, and I'll just have you know my my Star Wars going on my other monitor most of the day.
0: I hope Dan does not listen to our podcast, but if he does, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. I there you go. Hey, Jeff, so how's life up in Boston going?
2: Life's good, Ryan. Um, finally got some nice weather over the weekend, so it was nice to get outside. Uh, we, we had, you know, 40 degrees and rainy for the past couple of months, so uh, <laughs> glad to see some good weather finally here, and uh, also celebrated the Warren Buffett uh, meeting over the weekend by going to the Dairy Queen drive-thru. Mm.
0: That's uh yeah, that's one of the few restaurants that have been open down here that my kids like. And we, we, we go through that drive through also grill and chill. So they have the food and the ice cream down here in Fort Mill. And we've probably about once a week, I think, we're going through there. So I guess we're kind of supporting uh, Warren Buffett with that. But guys, let's get to it. We've got a lot to discuss this week in the LPL Market Signals podcast. Uh, first things first, we had a big week for central banks last week. Um, ECB, Fed, Bank of Japan, all were on the docket. Also, it's selling May go away, as we just said. The month of May is here. It's a very, you know, popular, maybe a little misunderstood investment um, theme that we hear every year. We'll talk about that, and then we're going to finish things up with a little Warren Buffett talk. Like you said, Jeff, it was his annual shareholder meeting. So first things first. Last week, I'll set the high level, um, Bert. Then I'll go to you. The Fed. ECB and Bank of Japan all said about the same thing. We are here to help our economies. Low rates are probably here to stay for a long time. And the Fed really emphasized the fact that, listen, you guys thought we were out of bullets a couple months ago. We showed you we're not out of bullets and we likely are still not out of bullets. Yes, rates are at 0%, but there's a lot of different things that we still can pull, a lot of levers that we can pull. Uh, Bert. You know, we've mentioned a lot of the positives potentially from the Fed, but what's your take on interest rates being, you know, 0%, maybe for another year, maybe another two years potentially?
1: Yeah, you know, Ryan, I I, I think I think it's an interesting mix back. You know, you've talked a lot about what the Fed is trying to do here and its liquidity and confidence mm-hmm. um, to all your street talk and all that kind of stuff you've been doing this week. And I couldn't agree with more, right? I, I, you look back at where... Um, this, uh, you know, this pullback bottomed, it was right before the Fed came in and said, we have unlimited power, Uh, the force is with us, and we can actually (laughs) pull out more lightsabers than you could ever imagine and be able to sort of backstop this with confidence and uh, and liquidity. And they have. Um, Mm -hmm. And that has been a massive impact. If you ask sort of you know, I think my opinion is if you ask why we're not down 34 percent, the market's down, you know, sub 20, it is because the Fed is is responsible for the VAT, for a big chunk of that. Right. So um, that's the first thing. There's But there's a second other side to that. Right. We just just one of the things that I'm a little concerned about um, is that if you look at the Great Recession, when the Fed began to lower rates, one of the real thesis of lowering rates is that if I move rates low enough, there is not an incentive to save, and because if you don't save, you will spend. But the reality is that didn't happen. You know, From 1970, when rates peaked um, down to the Great Recession, um, as rates moved lower, the savings rate moved lower. And so they thought that would continue when it moved to zero, and it didn't happen. The reality is the savings rate moved up. Because when you're not getting any interest, and you're scared to death, you hoard your cash in your, in your, in your accounts. And, and, and what we've seen since the Great Recession is the saving rates has continued to move up. March's saving rate was was almost thirteen percent or so. Um, if you look at personal savings, it went from one point three trillion to two point two trillion, or from eight percent to thirteen percent. So the reality is that we have to be really careful about this low rate environment and whether or not um, all this can pull through to what is so vital to a consumer led economy that they begin to move. Uh, and, and, and drive you know, spending. Because the reality is it doesn't matter if I have confidence. It matters if I have enough confidence to actually go out and buy things and to hire people and to do all the other things that, that is spending money. And if that doesn't happen, our economy doesn't go anywhere. And So we just have to make sure the Fed threads the needle between providing the liquidity and the confidence they need, but not overstaying their welcome too long to make it so it suppresses uh, consumers' ability to actually go out and uh, spend
0: that money. Exactly. I believe it was Master Yoda that said, one data point a trend does not make. And that's what we're kind of talking <laughs> about there. <laughs> I paraphrased it, but I think it was in the third one. I can't remember. No one <laughs> Jeff. Saw the there one. you no go. One
1: saw the third one. Right.
0: Yeah, there you go. Hey, Jeff, so let's bring you in. I want to read uh, what Jerome Powell said. He said, the coronavirus outbreak is causing tremendous human and economic hardship across the United States and the world. That was straight from their press conference. The other thing he said, Jeff... He almost put the ball in Congress's court. I kind of liked it, honestly. He said, "Hey, we've done a lot here, Congress, fiscal policy. It's your chance to step up even more." I mean, what would you? Th- I, I was surprised by that. What would you think about his a uh, call to action to Congress?
2: Yeah, we've heard that before out of him, but this is something that never happened, you know, in the past, right? Right. And something unusual uh, before has become commonplace uh, today. We a similar message out of the ECB. Uh, over in Europe, so uh, you know we're probably going to get more fiscal stimulus. The combination of fiscal and monetary stimulus is is headed well north of twenty percent of U.S. GDP. Just yeah. massive, massive uh, stimulus, and that is certainly you know why Burcher said it right. We're we're down uh, you know more like low to mid teens than we're down you know not down thirty four percent anymore. The market's got confidence that a lot of companies are going to be able to bridge this gap and get to the other side here. Um, and, uh, once we get the confidence that people can go out safely, we'll probably see more, uh, spending and, uh, you know, we can generate that second half rebound that we've been talking about.
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of people getting out, Bert, last time you were on, we talked about a story. We didn't bring it up, but I want to bring it up now. I'm not sure how this even fits, but it sounded really funny. <laughs> Tell us about the time you're at the store and your daughter ran into a famous Steve Carell, some famous guy. What was that story again?
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, that's like that's like the, the closest brush I've ever had to a celebrity, Ryan. <laughs> we were uh we were at Target when we were still living in Boston and and uh Olivia, who's my youngest, she was probably four at the time. I mean she was a little thing. And um and we had split up. I went to go to the section where the fishing supplies were and I was looking for some new rubber worms or something like that. And my my wife and daughter went another way. And they uh they came around the corner and a shopping cart just ran them over. She ended up <laughs> underneath the shopping cart, right? It was on top of it. And so, uh, my wife was shocked, yelled at the guy, moved it aside, ends up it was Steve Perell. He was at the store shopping for, uh, for, um, suitcases for one of his kids. Um, and he felt so bad. So he picked her up and gave her a big hug and anywhere. So I didn't believe the story because I wouldn't see it. My wife told me about it. So uh, we had to spend the rest of 30 minutes stalking him around target, just, uh, They're fine. It was him. It was like, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
0: That's, that's, that's good. So speaking about getting run over, maybe, here's the segue, (laughs) here's the segue we're going to go with. This is a, this is tough. We'll get there. You know, could the market get run over? It is selling may go away. Just very high level guys. The last or the next six months from May until Halloween, the SP is up, I'm gonna say only one and a half percent. That is the worst six-month potential combination out of all the different six-month combinations you can have. Um, you know, it's well known that this is you know, summer months can be some of the worst sell-offs we've seen just recent history. Some of the summer months have been troublesome. Now, there's always a caveat to this. And seven of the last eight years, these worst six months have actually been higher. But Bert, I'll go to you first and Jeff. You know, my take is after over a 30% rally, we've gone up to some technical areas of resistance, started to sell off. We haven't even talked about the fact that U.S. and China are starting to argue again over the coronavirus and kind of what the impacts that potentially could have. I mean, Bert, should we sell and may go away this year, you think?
1: You know, I don't think it has anything to do with the calendar. I think it does mm-hmm. have to do with the charts and where we are, um, you know, and what we've focused our attention on. We've been focusing our attention on this pandemic, which we should focus it on. Um, But I think what's beginning to happen is, um, you know, states are beginning to open up. What is that going to mean? Um, I I think there has been a lot of buy the optimism, sell the actual result. And so I think Mm -hmm. there's been a bunch of excitement around the states opening up. The market has rallied on some of that news. Uh, Now, I think that it's happened. I think you've seen a little bit of some profit taking here. I I think that's natural. Um, It does feel to me. Ryan, that that the market is pricing in quite a bit of of optimism here. And I think that the the market's confidence in this recovery is is about as optimistic right now as I've seen it. I would just say fixating on these recent highs is about as dangerous as overly fixating on the extreme fear we had a month ago. Um, I just think patience and staying with your investment plan uh, just allows you to focus on what's really important. And let's face it, We've also talked about the difference between currents and waves. Currents drive the oceans, not waves. Um, and what we're seeing right now is waves crashing in and out. The last thing, Ryan, is a lot of things we haven't talked about yet. I mean, we're, we're in an election year, for God's sake. We haven't addressed <laughs> that one yet. And, no. You know, uh, the, the tensions with China and a bunch of other things. Second, The possible second wave that comes from coronavirus. And so Lord knows what. So um, I do think we'll probably see lower levels than we are today um, here over the next few months at some point. But I think we also believe, Ryan, that that we'll see higher levels at the
0: end of the year than we are today. Yeah. Jeff, I'll go to you one second here. I just want to point this out. So we had one of the best months ever in the month of April for stocks. Now, believe me, the month of March was one of the worst months ever. But when we look back since 1950, there have been 11 months that actually gained 10 percent or more like we just did last month, the month of April. Six months later, S&P was actually higher nine out of 11 times, up 11 percent on average a year out. Again, higher 9 out of 11 times, up 13% average. The catch, there's always a catch. Some of those near-term times, there were some pretty good-sized corrections before you got the inevitable uh, surge higher that you tend to see again with a strong month like we just saw. So, Jeff, maybe let's give, give me two things that kind of worry you the next, you know, let's say three to six months, this troublesome six-month period. What's on your uh, watch out here? Well,
2: Bert threw on a pretty good list, um, I-, I would say. Uh, I think um, in general, the market is priced in more of a V-shaped recovery than we expect. Mm -hmm. And this reopening of the economy is going to come in stages. We'll probably have some stumbles along the way. There's no playbook that tells us there's no historical path to follow here, right? Um, So we're doing the best we can, just like everybody else is, to figure out where this is going to go. But based on what we've seen of the recovery in China and elsewhere overseas, uh, this recovery that's rebound uh, is probably going to be a little more bumpy than maybe the market's expecting right now. So that that's what concerns me. And, you know, that's why I think you know, all of us
0: really in LPL research are in agreement here that we've probably got a little too far too fast. Yeah, Jeff. So we've mentioned the last two weeks. I want to mention it again because I think it's, it's somewhat humorous. We've got the V bottom, the W bottom, a square root bottom. What was the um, symbol or the, the letter you think we could have happen here? You remember what you said last week? Yeah, I'm torn between the
2: squiggly U and the <laughs> yeah. square root uh, right. and the check yeah. mark. So yep. maybe you mix all those together into an economic recovery-shaped soup and you come up with something what that's... A squiggly, uh,
1: what's a squiggly U?
2: <laughs> it, It's i I'm just trying to make the point that it's going to be a little bit bumpy, not just a straight traditional you know, U. If, if you give me a, a wide right. U, maybe that'll be better. Because right. this recovery is going to take a year or more, and uh one of the reasons stocks are up as much as they are in the past, you know, five weeks, mm-hmm. uh, six weeks, is um because the market is saying that the economy will look pretty good
0: in early 2021. That's that's tough to call at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff. Real quickly, so tell us a little bit about GDP. GDP was negative 4.8 percent in the first quarter. The second quarter, we're looking at a really big dive lower, but maybe a jump back in the third quarter, right? What, what's the what's the estimates on GDP the next two quarters here?
2: Yeah, consensus is annualized down 27% in Q2. Yep,
0: Um,
2: Could be a little bit worse than that based on what we've learned over the last week. But then um, plus nine in Q3 and and similar in Q4. So um, we we could get a good chunk of this back by the end of the year, uh, but we're not going to get all the way back uh, to where we were in 2019 in terms of 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 GDP, this again is going to be a slow, staged recovery, um, where um, you know we want to see what happens in terms of potential new cases mm-hmm. as a result
0: of the reopenings. Right. Okay. So good stuff there. Guys, we've got maybe five minutes or so. Let's go to our final thing. We wanted to talk a little bit about what Warren Buffett had to say over the weekend at his annual shareholder meeting. And one of, there's a, so many good Warren Buffett quotes, but here's one that I, I, I've saved and I've used before. He said the difference between a successful person and a really successful person is the really successful person says no to almost everything. If you look at what Warren Buffett said with his investments over the last couple of months, 137 billion dollars in cash, all-time record. He hasn't really dipped his toe in. Remember the financial crisis in 2008. Bank of America and um, Goldman Sachs were two big companies that needed help, and he was there. But he hasn't really gone in yet. I mean, Bert, you know, this is an investor that we all look up to and aspire to. You know, does he know something that maybe the market doesn't know with the fact that he sold all his airlines and he's not investing? And we're saying, hey, you know, GDP should be better the second half of the year. What do you think, Bert?
1: well you know it's it's easy uh, question Bert, on a, on a yeah, May fourth for you yeah it's tough, it's tough to take the other side in short I'm up for that one this morning right you know i here here's what I think I think uh Warren would say um and what he did say right I, I mean number one is if I if i you know as I listened to it I wrote a couple of things down uh number one bond suck uh, you know,
0: so yeah.
1: So the first date I saw. He uh, didn't say uh, it like that, did he? he didn't <laughs> quite say it like that, but he, but he did say yeah. that you know that, that stocks are going to outperform bonds over the long term. Mm-hmm. We know that, right? And I think right now that's, yep. a, that's the case. Um, I, I think. I think number two is you know I think um, you know look he 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 like anyone else has been burned um, mm-hmm. by his own biases, and, and I think it's a real interesting. It's really interesting to look at what, how he describes his own biases to airlines, you know, his own biases to things like, you know, look, do we think the world is going to be run by Dairy Queen and McDonald's and, you know, mm-hmm. what, what Krispy Kreme or whatever the things he has? Like, you know, he, he has his own biases and, and I think there's a lot to be learned there. And I think, I think he's declaring those themselves by by just saying he's an air, airline, you know, phobe phobic. Or whatever the opposite of that is. He's addicted to airlines, um, you know, and he's just a sucker to them. And, and, and so I think that declaration was one. And then, you know, it was a big one, right? And I think it's a lesson to be learned. Um, I think my favorite thing that he hit in this one um, was when he talked about how he hopes that um, investors look at stocks. That they don't look at them as vehicles to buy and sell, but they but they look at them as partnerships that you can begin to become an owner in, um, and and really sort of dictating this piece of a different way of viewing investing, um, which I think is a, a the real powerful part of what Warren brings to the table. I don't think Warren knows where this world's going any more than anyone else does, but I think what he does know is the 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 right wisdom to think about how you invest and that is taking a long-term perspective being patient admitting when you're wrong and what you don't know you just got a you just got a smartphone ryan like you had a flip until like a year ago You just (laughs) bought one right and so uh you know we're taking tech advice from someone who just got a smartphone but but what it really is is this i think this component this real piece around um being a long-term investor and what it means and taking
0: the right perspective and the trading doesn't work when investing does. Yeah, you know, what? something else he hasn't had in a while is a haircut. I got a kick in <laughs> his hair looking a little longer, but hey, we're, a lot of us are in that uh, in that similar boat, no doubt about it. You know, Jeff, he did talk, I love what you said, Bert, about airlines. I mean, Warren has sworn off airlines before. In 2007's annual letter, he said a far-sighted capitalist would have done predecessors a favor by shooting down Orville and Kitty Hawk implying, you know, airlines haven't done well and he's been burned, but he got back in. I mean, Jeff, what do you think about that? This is one of the smartest investors, most successful investors ever, yet he's been burned by airlines multiple times and he swore them off before, yet he went back in and clearly they didn't work. I mean, what any initial takeaways there? Anything else from what Warren had to say over the weekend you liked?
2: I guess sometimes uh, when you think you have a, a competitive moat that cannot be Impaired in any way, uh, you you know, you get hit with this exogenous shock that maybe nobody thought about before. So yeah, no, no one's no one's immune. I guess the the quote from Buffett over the weekend that I really liked is "nothing can stop America." I think he led with that, right? So faith in America. We've gotten through a lot of challenges, going back to you know World Wars and other outbreaks and. 9-11, 9/11, and you know, you you name it. Um, we've come out strong on the other side, and this will be another case where we do just that. So I think that's really important to keep in mind. Uh, and then the you know the other quote. This wasn't necessarily over the weekend, but be greedy when others are fearful, okay. right? And that's one that really resonates with me. And, and sometimes the uh, the toughest times to hold stocks are the best times
1: to
0: do just that. Uh, exactly. So, Bert, we've got about two minutes to go. Any final comments from you that'll bring us home?
1: You know, I, 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 I will just second to what uh, Jeff just said. Um, what, what, what Buffett said: "Never bet against America." That is as true today as it was in 1789 during the Civil War and in the depths of the Depression. American magic has always prevailed, and it will do so again. Um, I, I will just say. What I keep being amazed by, Ryan, is just the resilience, uh, the perseverance, and the innovation of of Americans, of small business owners. And um, while I think this will be a really, 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 really tough second quarter, um, and I think it's going to be really, really hard, um, I think on the other end of this, you're going to see a step change in small businesses. Small businesses are now adopting the innovation they should have. And so forth and so on. I I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not this is more than just a restart, but rather this is fuel that really starts on the other end of this, something really exciting
0: for small businesses going forward. This is going to be really interesting to see. Uh, Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Jeff. Something else that's exciting. We are close, maybe a week away from having over two hundred thousand listens to this podcast since we started it less than two years ago. So, thank you to everyone who continues to come here every week. As long as you keep coming, we'll keep doing it. It's a lot of fun, and I will leave us with this: my favorite Warren Buffett quote. He says he checked, and the lowest death rate he could find was six-year-olds. So he started eating like one. So everybody, maybe it's been a rough. It's been a rough stretch. Go eat some junk food and enjoy yourselves. Everybody, thanks for being here for the latest LPL Martisinals podcast. We'll be back next week. Take care. This material was provided by LPL Financial. It is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principle. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered throughout Bell Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC, insurance products, which are separate entities from, and not affiliates of, the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency, not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.